Hello, and welcome to You Philosopher. So today I want to talk with you about The Last Jedi. Now don't worry, there aren't any spoilers. I haven't seen the film yet. In fact, I'm actually going to go see it today, so I'm very excited. But let's talk about the Jedi themselves and get right to this question of whether or not it's a good thing that there are Last Jedi. We know a little bit from the trailer and the title, which seems to suggest that the Jedi are at an end, and at least there is something of a suggestion on the part of Luke Skywalker, and this is mind-blowing, that the Jedi should end, right? So, well, why? What possible reasons could there be? Well, there's always arguments along the lines of the Jedi are somehow causing imbalance in the Force or something along those lines, but I want to focus on something even more obvious. And it's a problem that we might even be able to sympathize with a bit today, which is this issue of Jedi brainwashing and kidnapping children. So the idea that the Jedi might be brainwashers of children is really something that only comes out because of episodes one, two, and three. For those of us who were alive when episodes four, five, and six came out, one, two, and three were a little bit mind-bending um, for numerous reasons other than Jar Jar Binks. And one of those reasons was just this question of, wait a minute, <clears throat> there's an argument that Anakin is too young to train. And we remember from the Jedi Strikes, excuse me, from the Empire Strikes Back that the that Yoda was arguing that Luke was too old to train. So if Anakin, who was, what, maybe around 10 years younger than Luke, was too young to train, um, or maybe seven-ish years uh, younger than Luke is, is too young to train, how is it possible that, that Luke was too young to train? And so there's some issues that arise where you realize when you go see the Jedi in the Jedi Temple, that they have kids that are looking about five years old, right? So Anakin's too old being older, older than what, five? And so, well, wait a minute. These children then are being brought to the Jedi Temple, now presumably with their parents' permission, right? We see that in, in episode one, that Anakin's mother seems to give permission but it's also, to some degree, up to Anakin, right? But we can all probably concede, let's say the Jedi are training children somewhere around the age of five, then at the age of five, you don't really have a, the most rational, full sense of what's in your best interest, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember being five, and my dream was just that room in Willy Wonka's factory. Uh, where everything was made of edible candy. And I, I, I really couldn't imagine a life better than that, right? Just drop me off. I'll be fine, Mom. Thanks. And so, whilst I don't want to be particularly ageist, there is also something to be said about brain development and that, you know, at the age of, at the age of five, you may not really have um, your own best interest in mind. You may not have not just like the cognitive development necessary, but you may not have enough of the experiences to really know for sure. And that's part of why parents are so, such an important part of this developmental role. So 
One argument is, is that the children are basically, excuse me, the Jedi are basically just kidnappers, right? The children are being kidnapped by the Jedi. And we say, well, no, they're not because their parents are letting them go. But then there's also this argument of like, do the parents really feel free to do so? I mean, these super powerful Jedi show up and tell you that they want to train your kid. What do you, you know, what do you say? Okay, so maybe it isn't kidnapping in the purest sense. And it's just the parents giving up their children to this better life, which right, might be arguably respectable. There is also this problem of realizing that the Jedi aren't really supposed to develop emotional attachments. And so wonder, one wonders, like, how much are they allowed to see their parents? How much are they allowed to know about their parents, right? And arguments and fan theories about that range from the a little bit to the extreme, like, no, never, you don't get to participate in your family life at all. Because this is a bias, right, that the Jedi aren't allowed to have, right, the Jedi aren't allowed to love. So this leads to a whole host of problems like, well, maybe that explains why things went really poorly for the Jedi, right? <laughs> so, you know, you take a bunch of kids and you take them to this Jedi temple and you deny them um, the experience of their family and the upbringing with their family and their own cultures and their own traditions in those ways. And um, you end up with people who are uh, maybe a little self-focused or don't really have a robust understanding of the universe at large. Um, they're devoted really to this um, odd religious concept of the Jedi that may not be shared even by their own family. But And yet they're given to... Um, they're given basically the carte blanche control over the universe, right? They're, they are the defenders of the galaxy, right? And they are, um, in a lot of ways, the executive arm of the Galactic Republic. And yet, at the same time, they don't have to answer to the Senate. So there's some obvious issues that come up there. Well, why do I wonder if, uh, about the relevance of this issue to what we're, what we deal with today? Well, a similar question comes up in education in general right? Um, what kinds of responsibilities do educators have? And is education just brainwashing children? Well, to be very brief, there certainly are arguments that suggest that in a lot of ways what we do in education is a kind of brainwashing. And by that, what I mean <clears throat> isn't uh, teaching them maybe math and English, but is teaching children to do things like stand up when bells ring, sit down when bells ring, right? Uh, we teach them the history that we want them to know, but not the history that we don't want them to know. Um, and when you look at public education here in the States, when it was originally developed, some of the people who were really behind it were actually um, business tycoons and robber barons who, if you look up the quotes, from what they were saying why public education should be there is they were making arguments that not education was something for developing, you know, lawyers and doctors and philosophers, but in essence was something that would develop people who could work uh, in factories, that they would have enough knowledge necessary to do that. And in a lot of ways, our education system has maintained that idea. If you look at, for instance, U.S. history textbooks, go to the section on uh, slavery. Um, I've found, at least anecdotally, looking at some of these textbooks, that the discussion of slavery is really short. Um, and I, I had a particularly interesting experience because a friend of mine actually counted words in the two pages that slavery was mentioned in the textbook. And in those two pages, the word murder was only used once, and it was used to describe slaves who occasionally got upset at their masters, right? But murder and rape and torture, these were not words that were used to describe the treatment of the slaves. And 
So some might argue that, um, in fact, that there's some brainwashing that's going on, right? So we're chil teaching children to obey, we're teaching them when to stand up and when to sit down and how to turn in work and how to engage in the social system in the way that we want them to, but we're also teaching them the history that we want them to know. Well, what kind of evidence do I have for this? Well, uh, one of my favorite things to do is to go into a, a classroom, uh, a college classroom where I'm teaching and ask them, um, is communism bad, right? And, uh, you know, I'll say, raise your hand if you think communism is bad. And, you know, the students uniformly, communism's bad. Why are you even asking us such a silly question, Michelle? And I'll say, okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> so uh, who's going to define communism for me? And <laughs> all of a sudden, all the hands go down, right? And that's fascinating to me because then I'll, I'll play with it on the other side. I'll say, okay, all right, okay, communism is bad. We all know that. But capitalism, right? Capitalism is good. Raise your hand if you think capitalism is good. And they'll all raise their hands. And I'll say, okay, epic. Someone define capitalism for me, right? That's the system we use. That's the system we follow. So obviously, you know what that is. Define it for me. And all of a sudden, the hands go down. I mean, occasionally, someone will be brave and trying to find it. Now, of course, there is something to be said for um, people are more likely to, you know, raise their hands when they're just asked to agree or disagree with a thing, and they're suddenly going to drop their hands if they're on the spot of having to define it. But again, anecdotally speaking, my experience has been is that the students are well aware that they're supposed to believe that communism is bad and capitalism is good, but they can't really give much in the way of reasons why. Or if they do give reasons, there'll be reasons like, well, in, in communism, everyone's supposed to be, have the same thing and therefore um, it's bad. But they can't, they, they give this kind of real quick gloss. They don't really understand the details of it or um, where there might be both pluses and minuses. And interestingly enough, they even have less of an ability usually to describe what capitalism is, which has many nuances to it. So, but then this leads to a whole problem. So on one hand, we might go, okay, well, so Nick, you're saying that education is bad. And, and I like to think that I'm certainly not, right? That um, not to give too much of my own personal belief, I'm a big believer in education and uh, a big believer in the idea that every student should, every child, every young person, um, and, and heck, let's say old persons too, right? Should have as much access to as much education as possible. And um, so, well, what is it then that you're saying? that you're saying, Nick, because it sounds like you're, you're, you're trashing a lot of the educational system. Well, there isn't the other, the other side of the coin, which is something else anecdotally that I've observed. So on this one hand, we have this Jedi problem and this education problem, like, wait a minute, so is education kind of like the Jedi just going and taking these kids and, yeah, though the parents are voluntarily sending their kids to this, they're really just brainwashing them and, you know, teaching them not to think for themselves and so on and so forth. Well, there's the other side of the coin, which is interesting, right? Um, and it's brought up uh, to some degree by Plato, right, in the Republic, so thousands of years ago. Um, there is a question of whether or not parents should be able to decide what children should learn. In other words, what if, at least in our educational system, part of the reason why children are brainwashed the way they are isn't because of the teachers nearly so much as it is because of the parents? Like, whoa, wait a minute, what are you... What are you saying? You're throwing around brainwashing pretty easily there, Nick. And, and notice, you know, we're playing with the term here, um, and it may not be actual brainwashing. Again, children come out learning really, really important things. Like, I really want children to learn math 
and music and art and literature and computer science and civics and history. We would want everyone to learn that, one would think, for a whole host of reasons that we don't have time to get into, but if only because it's good for them, right? The more that people know, the better access that they have to their own world and their own selves. So what is it that I could possibly be complaining about other than the fact that children, if we're honest in our educational system, are usually not encouraged to think for themselves. Um, and sometimes what we teach them about what matters, you know, is more about getting them to work than it is about them finding who they are, right? So we tend to emphasize things like mathematics way more than music. Whilst at the same time, it's important to recognize that they're both really important for understanding the universe and the nature of the self. Anyways, what do I mean? Well, the other side of the coin is this. Um, how much say should parents actually have in what their children learn? And I think this would be the Jedi counter-argument, right? In other words, as someone who's taught both college and high school, especially in teaching high school, I came to this horrible, horrible realization that a significant percentage, now again, this is anecdotal, like we'd have to go out and actually do some research, but a significant percentage of parents with whom I interacted, um, well, let's say didn't interact, uh, just really didn't care. Um, I'm not saying they didn't love their kids and didn't care about their kids, but they didn't really care what their children learned, right? And you realize that a lot of children are being abused and neglected at home. Um, teaching high school really like opens you to that because it's this really terrible condition that you get put under where because you're a mandatory reporter, if you have any reason to believe that a child is being somehow abused, you have to report it. And that's good, right? The bad part is, is the children know you're a mandatory reporter. So and unless they feel they've come to the realization themselves that they need to be out of that circumstance, they're not going to say anything. And so you might get a little glimmer or a little hint that seems to suggest that something's going on. And I made a couple of those calls to, to you know, to try and protect the student um, based on those just glimmers and hints. But you realize that there are probably so many students who say nothing um, that specifically go out of their way to say nothing because they're afraid that they'd be taken away from their parent or that their parent would get in trouble or something along those lines. And so there's this really tragic circumstance. And so you realize that there's a lot of argument when it comes to things like what children are taught. And a lot of it comes down to, well, what do the parents want them to learn, right? So a lot of parents are very uncomfortable with children being taught evolution. And that tends to be a, a major argument today in how we teach kids. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that children aren't learning, like, say, philosophy. Um, and why not? <clears throat> well, uh, imagine how frustrating it would be for parents if children were coming home going, well, so, wait a minute, um, we were raised in, raised in a religious family, but I've been learning all these arguments about against the existence of God. Or I was raised in an agnostic or an atheist family, and, you know, I want to talk with my parents about the arguments for the existence of God. Well, they get super frustrating. And parents are most likely to respond, like, how does this help my child in the working world? How does this help my child get a job, right? These are about our family values and traditions, and how dare you endanger um, those fundamental belief sets. So really the question though becomes is if a lot of parents are in fact um, neglecting their kids, not involved in their kids' lives, not involved in their children's education, abusing um, their kids, or like they don't understand the things that they're talking about. And that sounds super arrogant, but remember, we're taking the Jedi position, which is a position of arrogance, right? That parents are talking about what their kids should know when they, when they themselves don't really understand it.
like for instance myself, I'm not really good at calculus at all, right? It, 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 if anything, that statement is really overselling it. Let's just say I don't know anything about calculus other than like it's basic definition, right? It would be really odd for me to make arguments then about why children don't need to know calculus or, 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 or maybe why it's important. Either which way I would be coming from a position of ignorance. Well, it seems as if many people are doing that when it comes to arguments about what children should learn in terms of literature or science, right, or, or music, where they're saying, well, why does my kid need to know this, right? Like, what's important about Shakespeare? Well, have you really read any Shakespeare? Well, not, I mean, I had a little bit of it in high school or something along those lines. And you realize that people are arguing that the children don't need this largely because they themselves, the parents themselves, don't understand it or don't know it. And that's a contentious position that I'm arguing from. But again, it's, a, it's the Jedi position. But the other realization becomes, well, wait a minute. If these parents are making this argument, can't they still say, listen, I don't understand this stuff, but I know that you don't need it to survive in society. But then you realize that the parental position is going, listen, I only want my kid to learn what's necessary to survive in society and work in society. And that's kind of tragic. So I leave the question to you. Should parents be the ultimate deciders of what their children should learn? And if so, why? Is it because they own their kids? Is it because they're their kids? Well, Nick, of course, because they're their kids. Well, why is that sufficient reason to decide whether or not your child should have mandatory music or shouldn't learn evolution or um, doesn't need to read Shakespeare, right? Um, I, in fact, had a parent that did complain about that once. They were like, we're not comfortable with our child reading Hamlet. And this was an 18-year-old person. And of course, as an educator, I had to say, yes, sir, I understand your child will be given an alternative assignment. So question number one, should they? And question number two, why? Because if we're going to tell the Jedi that they shouldn't take our kids, we should probably be able to give them a reason better than, well, because they're mine because that sounds like the empire, right? Um, I own them, they're mine, they'll do what I say and learn what I want them to learn. So with that, I wish you a wonderful week.